Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we're going to have a deep dive into teens, screams and the themes of horror. So, firstly, yes, I did purposely make those rhyme, which will be very hard going forward uh, with any other deep dive episodes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the deep dive episode where the first word is orange. Oh, We're baby. looking at famous horror colours, <laughs> orange and other ones. <laughs> so, Dave, my thinking was for this episode was that, yeah, we, we obviously have some, we have some great chats in horror and there's this sort of... Things that keep coming up, but because we're obviously always talking about the movie in question, we never really get to to go deeper into that sort of stuff. And we're learning. We're new to horror. We're learning. That's it. So it's kind of like a chance for us to, I guess, go back over what we've learned or even just go a bit deeper into what we've learned about the horror, this, this genre we're still relatively new to. It's grown on me, boys. I'm still a scaredy boy, but the genre oh, yeah. as, a, as a whole is growing on me. Yeah, agreed. Yes. I would agree. Like I hate it, it. It crosses over with a lot of genres I already liked yeah, in, a, in yeah. a lot of way. So, yeah, there's, there is a lot to like about horror. It also feels like the horror community feel like a good bunch of people. They're honestly the like, best. Horror writers seem great. Yep. Yep. I, I honestly think they're the most welcoming and accepting like community. You look at obviously things like Star Wars or oh, so many. <laughs> Star Wars is full of the worst people. I mean, yeah, obviously now it's unfortunately got a name for its toxicity, but. Literally horror, where terrible things happen on screen, are made by the loveliest of people. Yep. It's it's wonderful. Horror Twitter's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place to be, man. Yeah. So yeah, I've chosen these three topics mostly because they rhyme, but I do have a bit of a, <laughs> a take for all of them. So let's start with teens. So my thinking about this was to sort of discuss why horror always seems to focus on teenage protagonists. There are obviously plenty of exceptions to this, yep. but it's it's fairly undeniable that teens and horror obviously go together like. Paddington and marmalade sandwiches, oh, or Tom yep. and being horny. Delicious. Yes, yeah, true. First one was delicious. The second one, <laughs> also delicious. delicious. Yeah, why not? Still delicious. Hey, Tom's living deliciously, uh, buddy. Don't worry about that. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll put to you guys. Why do you think this is? What? What? Where does this connection come from? Can Can I have a crack? Go, mate. Before yep, you jump please. in, Sean. Yes, sir. So I was thinking about this today. Um, and I was like, this might sound, I might feel like I'm a genius, but every horror writer in the history of horror is like, obviously, fucking horny dumbass. Um, <laughs> but like, so horror, the whole thing about like the raising the stakes of horror, it, 
I feel watching watching movies is, and the, maybe the frustration we get when, particularly in slashers, they drop the mm-hmm. knife. Yeah, it's like I think with horror, it's like you've got to give them something, but you've also you've got to take stuff off them. So get rid of all the things they can do, so that it makes it more stressful and it's more scary and everything's yeah, harder. Okay. Yeah. To make things harder immediately is if you make them kids or teenagers, they lose all of the support systems that adults have. Yep. Yes. They don't have disposable incomes. They don't have cars necessarily. Yep. They don't have the ability to just go to the cops or go and do this or call this person. They are kids and they are teenagers. So there are hurdles mm. already in place with that. So if you introduce any element, and usually it's an adult. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I watched a movie uh, the other night. It was a really great one, which we should do for this show. Mm. Um, but one of the core conceits is this guy thinks there's a serial killer in his town, but he's like 15. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, the hurdle is, A, he's right, mm. but B, no one is going to listen to him. Right. He is on his own here. Yeah. And I think the reason you see so many kids or teenagers is that it's just such an easy way of removing support networks and removing advantages that adults would have yes. in a horror. So you can immediately, the stakes are here. Yeah, like, yeah. Up top, straight away. That's yeah, great. great. Yeah, I thought about this today as well. I had three points, and one of them, I agree with you, Tom. It's convenience mm. for the writer. Mm-hmm. It's what are the things I need to get out of this story, and what makes it easier for me to do, to tell a horror story, and I think it's teenagers. Mm. I just think age experience uh, kind of equals stupidity. <laughs> so you can get away with some of the dumber things. So we watch these horror films sometimes, and we go, oh, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. When it's teens, it's like... Of course. Yeah. They yes. don't know any better. When I was yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. I would have done exactly the same fucking thing. Right. They're drunk. <laughs> yeah. There's drugs involved. They're horny. They're stupid. Yeah. Like, You're so it's, right. It's, yeah. It's the perfect cocktail for a horror film, yeah. really. Um, I think another reason is what's the target audience mm. for a lot of horror films? It's that sort of 15-year-old bracket. So, right. it's like relatability. Yeah. It's boys and girls, like kids going to watch horror films and seeing themselves on screen. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's- I don't know. You- Not even kids and teenagers seeing themselves on screen, but adults have always have all been kids and teenagers. Right. There's a relatability yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get specific horror films that have like characters in a field where it's like, oh, I know nothing about that. And that's mm. why it's interesting. But you'll get a huge glut of just teen ones because it's like, ah, oh, we've all been to like a cabin in the woods and been sitting around a campfire and drinking and then there's been something scary. Yeah, yeah. We all haven't been slashed to death and killed, <laughs> but there's, we've all like, we can all relate yeah, to that yeah. instantly. Um, and the the last point, I think, why teens are so prevalent in horror films is because they're no-name actors and they're cheap. Huh. Horror yeah, okay. is- a very low to no budget sort of genre of filmmaking. Mm. So you get these people, like you don't have to pay them much. Yeah. All the money goes into the gore and the scares and the monsters yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And it is a, it is fascinating to see just like obviously how many now big name actors made their start in horror in one form or another. Yeah. I learned like Paul Rudd was in like Halloween 6 or something. I learned that the other day. It was one of his first movie <laughs> but, roles. But even like Kevin Bacon was in, um, what's the True, one we watched? Friday 13th. Horny Kevin. Kevin. Johnny Depp is, <laughs> yep. you know, of course. he's his yeah. thing, yeah. Claws boy. When I think about Friday the 13th and Johnny Depp, all I think about is like, why did you carry that massive TV onto the bed and just like put it on your dick and just sat there? <laughs> he wanted to get close to the beauty pageant models. <laughs> um, I, think, I think also, I don't even think it's necessarily like horror films. I think mm. teen films, films with teenagers in them, whether they're horror or not, often have breakout stars because they're casting younger people right. for that reason, yep. that they, they want someone unknown so that you don't go, oh, it's so-and-so. Like, like look at Clueless and the people in that. Look yeah. at, like, American Pie and the people in that. Mm. And then look at Scream, you know? Oh, like, sure, yeah. 
how that sort of comes along and does those sort of things. I think that's a great kind of production. I'm mm. here looking like, oh, from a story perspective, but I didn't even consider the production element of horrors made for cheap. Yeah. If you set them as teens, you can pay them less. Yeah. And then you can either go all in on having a Donald Pleasance. Yes. Or <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. you know, yep. whoever. Yeah. And you can also not feel pressure from a studio or whatever. Mm. To keep people alive because it's like, oh, you've got Chris Hemsworth in your movie. You've got to keep him alive for, you know, the second, third, fourth and yes. fifth sequel. It's yeah. kind of like, nah, everyone's expendable. We can kill whoever we want whenever we want. Yeah, it's that's, great. that's smart. Yeah. That's good. I, I mostly came up with the horny element, which is that it's like <laughs> clearly that sells and people keep doing it. Um, but I think you're right. And I, I kind of like even just to combine both of your points, the... The relatability of being someone unequipped. Yeah. Like you said, all of us have been around that campfire telling scary stories. We've also just been in a situation where we've felt well out of our depth. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying to a point you kind of do stop feeling as an adult because, well, you kind of can think of at least the first thing to do or the second thing to do or, fuck, you can throw money at the problem or whatever. Hmm. But, yeah, all of us can think of a time when we were a kid and just being like, I have no skills in this in this element. I don't know yeah. what to do. I don't even know yeah. how to begin to know what to do. I just know nothing. <laughs> I but yeah, I think I think even just on the like the skill set, I think a perfect example of why that movie needs to be teenagers is something like it follows. Mm. If that was an adult problem, that movie is shit. Yeah. Right? But because it is teenagers, one no one listens to teenagers. Mm. No one cares about teenagers. But the other thing that kind of works for that particularly around the fact that it is a sex demon monster. Right. Is when you're a teenager, that is when you hit puberty. And that is when you're like, sex, what, how, now? <laughs> and no one wants to talk to you about it. Yeah. But they expect you to behave. That's that's the other thing is that everyone expects you to behave like an adult. Mm. No one wants to treat you like an adult. Yes. They yeah. expect you to know all of the information, but refuse to give it to you and get angry when you get it yeah. wrong. Right. You are, you, uh, there is a point where you're like, well, now you're an adult. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go do this. Well, no, hang on. You're only 16. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, all right. So, you want me to be like, where's the... It's confusing. It's it's like, Very it's a stressful, so. hectic situation. Yeah. So, there's already anxiety built into being a teenager. Yep. What if now you're a teenager and a man's going to kill you in your dreams? Yep. Yeah. There's also yeah. that uh, very relatable thing where it's like, as a teenager, you're kind of rebellious. And it's like, mm. it's that thing you mentioned before, Tom. You automatically kind of take parents out of the equation. Because as a teen, you're kind of yep. like, ah. Oh, they don't listen to me anyway, or they, they're not, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. don't have that support network. Even though you do, you just think you don't. So that's another dumb choice <laughs> yeah, yeah, of a team. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You, mm. the, the minute you remove adult help or you remove going to the cops, mm. like teens, kids, or teens or kids going to the cops, it's like, well, they're not going to fucking believe the one. Yeah. The story about tell them is insane. Yep. Two, you're a teenager. Three, yeah. you've been drinking. Yep. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah, kind of because sure. of, um, you know, movies have that sort of inbuilt distrust of police anyway that kind of yes. um, exists in real life as well, I suppose. <laughs> sure. Hey, yeah. horror says ACAB. Yeah. yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. It always has. Uh, okay. Well, then my next question on, on still on the teens topic is, is there a cohort of people that you think is sort of missing from the horror genre that you would like to see make an appearance in, in more horror films? Well, that's a great question. Like a... Subculture because it's usually like outsiders, yeah, or like age bracket, anything like because I was even thinking, and I, I say this with genuine no joke intended the geriatric, yeah, grandparents, yeah. man. I, like, I genuinely mean that, yeah. yeah. And because to me, like, horror pivots on people being afraid of the consequences of what's happening, namely death. Oh. So, having these protagonists that are older, further through their life, maybe not as concerned by the, the possibility of dying, as well as have had 
experiences to draw on. Like it might make them better equipped, which obviously means you do lower some tension there. But I also think it could just be really interesting to see. Like yeah. they're still lower equipped because obviously they're 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 past their prime. They've aged, so they've still got some similarities with with teens in that their bodies can't do what they used to be able to do. I'm just, but mentally they're still got it all. Yeah, but that's great yeah, because that's mentally gorgeous. they've got all the ideas. They go, I know how I want this to happen, and then physically yeah. they are unable to do that. And also you get, I think with older people too, if you had like grandparent aged people, mm. you would have that thing of like them calling their son or daughter and been like, ah, oh, there's a a man outside and they'd be like, all right, dad. All right, yeah. come on. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't believe yeah. you. So it's like right. kids again. It's basically yeah. like teens, but just a different spin. Exactly right. You're still losing that support now because now yeah. people just think you're going senile. And also in the same way that maybe kids in a horror film don't have like a phone or access to a car or that sort of thing. Mm. An old person's lost their license. Right. They don't know how to use technology. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. actually really great. It's a great idea. That's good. And like you yeah. there's there's a lot of nice like things you can play with there like for for teens in horror films it's often sex or it's like some kind something a slasher or some kind of thing like that element of it. Mm. Whereas for like an older group of people you could have the killer be something that's that's like a dementia type thing. Right. Like it's like a you yeah. know oh, it fuck. takes your memories away. Yes. Like Oof. or it or it, it 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 it's it's one of the blokes in the old folks home is a vampire. Yeah. Like I'm convinced that that John, across the, he's always got a new woman. Yeah, fucking yeah, John's yeah, a vampire. Yeah, yeah. that's like, great. Like we've Love all that. seen the um the movie The Father with um yeah, yeah. Uh, yes who's in that one Anthony Hopkins and um Olivia Coleman. Yeah, fuck that movie's that's that movie's good. stressful enough. Imagine throwing in a horror element to it, like a genuine. What well, kind of is a horror that film? That movie is a horror, horror film. film. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. That movie is a horror. I have hand on heart. Yeah. It's like um, you guys haven't seen it, but Relic is similar territory to that. Oh, I'd like to do that for this show. I think at some point. To be honest, that that makes me want to do it less. But uh, yeah, well, sure. no, just because it's a it's a a pretty well reviewed, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Aussie horror film. We should give it a crack. We should. We definitely um, should. Boys, I think we should be riding that vampire in the retirement yeah, home that story. I think that's sucks. great. Yeah. Copyright scaredy boys. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening to this, you can't have it. Eric Banner, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a regular listener. I will not return your calls. <laughs> All right, let's 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 jump into the scream side of things. So my thinking here was literally to talk about people screaming in horror films, as in the characters. Yeah. But I'm happy to open up broader. But I, I bring this because lately I've found myself becoming really infuriated when characters scream in horror movies. It's literally my new pet peeve. I just get so annoyed. Like, I can understand why they're screaming and that's likely what would happen, but I also think it gets overused. What, what do you guys think about that? I, I feel like I might be sounding stupid, but I feel mm. like I haven't heard a scream scream in a horror movie for a while, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I watched two, like, in the last two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of one that we've done recently where I've been overly annoyed at a scream. Well, I think I, I think it was, it happened in one, in a movie that I think, in a movie we're going to, we haven't actually recorded yet that's upcoming. Um, and yeah, it just drove me a bit wild. And I think, I think what made me really think this is I was comparing it to, like, prose writing, right? Where if you've got a character just screaming their guts out you're basically saying hey audience they're really terrified and i just don't feel like it's the thing i think annoys me the most is that's not needed that's not necessary like if you describe how a character is feeling it comes across to me sometimes as one a bit dumb like fucking do something and then also a little condescending i get that they're scared the situation is scary like there's this great book um called educated 
by this woman Tara Westover. It's a it's a biography of sorts. And she talks about growing up with this survivalist Mormon family. Oof. And it is it is like edge of your seat, heartbreaking account of things. And I actually listened to the audiobook and as I was and she reads the audiobook and she reads it in these sort of beautiful, soft tones that just is calming, but the things she's talking about are so terrible. But I realized halfway through listening to it that no, at no point does she ever describe her emotional state. Like literally never, I don't think. Like not even once. And it's crazy because the whole time I am just on the edge of my seat because you you, you kind of don't need to go all in on describing what a character's feeling or showing what a character's feeling so much on screen because we know that it's awful and traumatic. Like it's literally the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And so I think when I hear lots and lots of screams on on a horror movie, that's kind of where my brain goes is that it's like, yeah, all right, we get it, like sort of thing. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you're I think the big one is characters scream and give themselves away. Mm, mm. That's always a thing. That's but I think ready. there's I love it when they play with that where it's like the character wants to scream but can't. Yes. Or like they have to That's that's when hurt it's themselves good. and they've got to put their hand over their mouth or like bite down on something and they've got to be quiet. Or even just, you know, when they don't scream but they just do like a, a Bill Paxton, just like a game over man. Right. Just like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. all the terror. I'm done. That, I'm ready to great. die. Yeah. Yeah. The the hand over the mouth thing, that's great. And I think it's perfectly encapsulated in the quiet place. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. With exactly Emily right. Blunt on the bridge. Like that. Yeah, for me, I, I get what you mean, Dame. I think the screams are kind of essential to this this genre. Of course, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or a certain subgenre within horror films. What's that whole Scream Queen thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. The yeah. fact that there is a fran- very famous franchise called Scream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that, yeah. That's for sure. For me, I find like the quickened breath is the scariest thing. Yeah, I find that more terrifying. I, I definitely do too. Yeah. And I there's a weird, because this isn't a horror film, but one that I'll always remember because I just think it's great acting inside a big studio film, which is in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. And it's when Gary Oldman, his Gordon character, goes down in the caves when they're looking for Bane. Yeah. And he pulls the gun out and there's the explosion. And then it's just like Gary Oldman's quickened breathing and he's terrified. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, that's actually like legitimately good because a lot of films wouldn't do that. They would just be like, he's a cop, he's got a gun, he's brave, he's going to chase the bad right, guys. Right, right, But they right. just take like three seconds, yep. five seconds to show that he is fucking terrified. Yes. And he sells it. Because, I mean, horror, horror is all about fear. Yeah. And so it. they have to sell the fear. I'm with you. I actually don't like the scream. Yeah, like that's the thing. I think it undersells the fear. I prefer the silent fear that is just like subtle acting that yeah. really sells it. Just on quickened breath, I'm currently playing a video game that I don't think <laughs> either of you will ever play. Great. Yeah. I could. Um, I already know what the game is and I could. Yes, I'm never going to play it. I'm playing, I'm playing fucking Legend of Zelda over here. I'm not playing that. <laughs> Resident Evil Village. It's a game that is. I was playing a level a while ago that was so scary yeah. and so tense, I had head and neck pain. Oh. Yeah. Um, it is truly awful, but also yeah. fucking great game, and I'm enjoying it immensely um, in a really perverse <laughs> way. Like, I think about yeah. it, I'm like, oh, it's really fun, and then I'm playing it, and then I get to a moment where I know something bad's going to happen because, like, <laughs> the music starts to creep up, and you're like, ah, yeah. oh, no. But That's Mario Kart, man. <laughs> that, right? Here's the thing, though. In that game, it's a first-person shooter, and you're playing this guy, Ethan, and there are mm. things where, like... When monsters are nearby or you see monsters, even if you're like, like, it'll be daylight, I've got a gun far enough away, I'm like, oh, beautiful, I can snipe these guys in the head. The minute you see them, he starts breathing heavier, like Ooh. he's scared. Oh, so yeah. you become scared, even though you're like, no, I, I, it's day- I, I can do this, I'm fine, yeah. I'm not, ter- this isn't a big jump scary one. But when, when, when he sees something terrifying, 
he reacts to it. So if you walk into a room and there's like bodies hanging from the roof, hmm. he will like breathe heavy. And in this part of the game that was really scary, you're basically in the basement of the house and the power's off and you've got like a shitty little torch and that's it. And it doesn't penetrate the gloom of a hallway and the music's increasing. And before you see it in the game, he realizes mm. something's coming towards you. So he reacts. It's just, oh, it's so yeah. good. So I yeah. think quick and breath over scream, but also I feel the need. I, I get, I get why the screams are there. They're good. You know, mm. sometimes someone needs to die horrifically and we can't show you that they're going to yeah. die horrifically because yeah. production, yeah. we're going to film a tree and yep. just you're gonna hear a scream, right? And I guess, I guess, like, yeah, they've, they, of course, they've got their place in horror. I'm not saying remove all screams from horror. <laughs> I just think, yeah, like, it's, Jesus, Damo, <laughs> that's a big call, mate. It's a big call. Hey, I've watched over 50 horror films now. I think I can call these shots. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think there are there are other alternatives that some lesser films should probably look into to actually enhance what they're trying to get across. Yeah, anyway, like genuine like they, acting. They lean towards or oh, genuine acting. Yeah, that too. Well, another question on the screen front that I want to ask you guys. Have either of you ever like let out a proper scream from watching a horror film? Yep. <laughs> not not a not a scream queen scream, but yeah. like definite sounds. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah like def- yeah. Yeah. I think you guys have probably been in the room when I've done one when we watched <laughs> The Conjuring. For uh, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now I let out a. You'll hear it again. A noise that I'm not. Pr- <laughs> a noise that I'm a not proud of and b didn't know I was capable of making yeah, until yeah. um. Atara, baby. I watched a movie. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Damo. You might have, Sean. Maybe you have as well. Um, the movie is as above, so below. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there was a scare in that movie that made me gutturally yell. Yeah. Like awful noise. Oh, we should do an episode. Fuck. On. Yeah, we should. You son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I can't remember if she screams in the film in The Invisible Man does Lizzie Moss actually scream all I remember is just like quickened breath and just genuine fear yes through acting yeah. power that's a great example of, of acting power and not relying on yeah. screams yeah I think she does scream though yeah she probably does I should I think it. when she throws the paint on the fucking suit in oh, the attic yeah, she yeah. screams yeah. yeah I think she she doesn't scream when the Stabbing happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do though, probably. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think she yeah. definitely screams a couple of times. I think you can flip this the other way too because we watched one, The Woman in Black, mm. which is almost kind of verging on infuriating at times because Daniel Radcliffe doesn't react in a way that I think is real. It's like, <laughs> yeah. be scared, please. Right, yeah. Like for a lot of it, he's just kind of like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Which is remarkable that it's still as terrifying as it is. Yes. Because yeah. normally I live like the fear of the character. That kind of like fuels me when I watch it. But mm. for a lot of it, he's just kind of pretty chilled out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if, I think Invisible Man's the, a really good example of using screams well and knowing when not to use them. Because like if she was screaming all the way through that movie, for example, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. I would, I would be done. Oh, yeah, it would be insufferable. Right. But because she's got the she's got the breathing, she's trying to stay strong. She's going, she's going, she's going. So when the scream comes, like one, it's earned. You now have got like you've the truth has been revealed, and so she lets out a scream. But then she also continues to get on with it. Like that's yeah, it's I great. think that's what I yeah. what I like about it. Maybe maybe screams are kind of like 
jump scares in a horror film. Give yourself mm. one big one and then get out. Yeah, because they are tension relievers in their own way, I yeah. think, as well. Because, like, well, yeah, you've just let it. You know, like, you almost are giving up hope because you're not trying to be quiet. Like, being quiet is is hoping you can still evade this. By just letting out a big guttural scream, it should happen when yep. you've lost all hope. So if you're letting, if your first move is to let out a big guttural scream, then fuck yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. at least try something. You're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think also there's a distinction between, like, a scream and, like, someone gets stabbed and, like, yells in pain or yeah. puts their foot into a bear trap or loses an arm in yeah, a sore yeah, yeah. movie or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I think there's, there's a level of that, but I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, I'm trying to think of, like, just, you know, if this is the way the genre works, it's mm. usually the final girl and it's usually female characters that are screaming but like a good example of a male character who constantly yells and is terrified is the evil dead series right where bruce campbell's character he just screams yeah yeah (laughs) yeah good like he's like fuck he just yells it's (laughs) (laughs) all right last question on the scream front have either of you guys do you have a memory of when you've actually like genuinely screamed in real life so you've been the character in a horror film something scared you and your reaction was to scream uh i've probably repressed it into my egg <laughs> yeah um, sure there's a few screams bouncing around your egg i could almost guarantee that it would have happened yeah like growing up on the farm somewhere like the power going out one night me having to like run back down from dad's shed and mm. thinking a monster's following me there'd be definite times in my life where i would have screamed but would you scream like this is because like i'm definitely like i was a very fearful kid i'm, I'm still a bit of a fearful man maybe not as much but I always found whenever something scared me, my reaction was never to actually scream. I would actually, if anything, just go, yeah, like super quiet. I think. Yeah, okay. My heart would be racing. Like I'd be very aware that my heart was racing and that I, my, my, like, my adrenaline was up and all that sort of stuff. But if anything, like I didn't really react in any perceivable way. If you watch me from the outside, like yeah. I wouldn't really react. I reckon as a kid, I would have like woken up from a nightmare screaming. Yeah, okay. But I feel like that's a bit different to like, that one feels like it's okay as opposed to like me seeing something horrifying and, scre- and pointing at it yes. and screaming. I don't think I would do that, which is a like a horror yeah, character yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I can't recall one specifically, <laughs> but I'm sure it would have happened. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. It'll come out one day. Yeah. <laughs> I've screamed in like haunted houses, like the rides. Yes. So that's like the perfect fucking environment. I've let out a... Again, noises I didn't know I was capable of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got... You guys both know my cousin, Dom. Yep. 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 So, he's the same age as us. Uh, he screams almost on the daily, I reckon. He's the most... <laughs> Sorry to throw you under the bus, Dom, but... He seems like a screamer. He is a screamer. Like, literally, like, he will jump and scream at, at nothing. If I'm sitting next to him and I just go, whoa... He will literally scream. Like it's like it's not even fun after a while because it's too easy. I love that. On the um on the on the like ghost ride side of things, when we were maybe I wanna say fifteen or sixteen, maybe even a little older, um, we went on this ghost ride together at uh Melbourne show. And like within the first like basically it was on this track, there's these big doors, and within the first after you go through the first two doors, you realize as soon as you go through the door, someone's going to come out and scream at you. Yep. And that was the system the whole way through. Different yep. people in different yep. costumes. You pass through a door, someone screams at you. Dom screamed at every single door. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. We should watch a movie with him. Oh, oh man. We definitely Conjuring should. 3, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start him off hot. Yeah. <laughs> That'd kill him. I would honestly kill him. Like, I, I would be concerned. It's going to kill us. Yeah. Fuck. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, so lastly, themes. Let's move on to themes. I wanted to discuss, yeah, the themes that obviously exist within horror now obviously there are lots of themes that can exist within any within any story but are there any that you guys think naturally lend themselves towards horror survival obviously is like one but i but i think that's like a oh yeah that's a thing but i don't Mm. necessarily think it's like a big one i think there's some that i like i mean we were all at uni together and that guy came into those lectures with us and Mm. he was talking about horror films and he was like the when a human the hero becomes a monster they overcome the monster yeah like all the science will fail all the religion will fail yeah all of the things they know how to do will fail and the way they have to win is they have to bring themselves to that level Mm -hmm. and i think that's just an interesting thing that happens in those kind of movies that like yeah how far are you willing to forgo your own humanity in order to beat a monster yeah i think that's a really interesting one because it's it's kind of like that thing to me talks about something more primal in us that we probably don't often confront yeah and that i do think other movies like survival movies definitely cover that as well but i don't think there are tons of other movies that that naturally go head to head with that the way horror does because obviously for horror it's almost always a life and death situation um so yeah that one's really interesting and i also think on the flip side of that something that i quite like is is sort of retaining your humanity in humane circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. overcoming that primal instinct, not going all Lord of the Flies on everyone, but like facing the horror, but keeping hold of that side of yourself. Like, I think that's a theme that, again, because it's got hope in it, I can connect to more. I think where like losing yourself, becoming the monster feels like, yes, you won the day, but at what cost? I think we can all like on that and just the flip side of that, I think we can all agree mm. that that's a great thing and is pertinent i guess to bring up a book that we have all read and may have talked about before but that we all love Mm -hmm. which is grady hendrix's my best friend's exorcism yeah which is the perfect distillation of that where at first it feels like right how much of your humanity you're going to have to lose to go up against the devil Mm -hmm. and then it's like no to beat the devil you've got to be more human yes so it's like there's just some really nice stuff in that fucking go read that book it's a fucking great book read all of grady hendrix's book brilliant man's a jet yeah (laughs) um i think it's funny we all look for the same thing in horror i think because I jotted down that one too. I just love humanity being tested in the face of a monster, whether mm. it's a single person coming up against one or it's a group, and it's how people get torn apart in like the face of fear. Yes, and it's yeah, yeah keeping hope and that sort of thing. I think it's it's funny we all kind of look for the same hmm. thing. I think in stories, mm. not to say that's all I want. I can watch 
thematically a bunch of different stuff, but that's the one that I come back to. I really love that one specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on that, on that, like that group of people coming together, that's sort of another theme. I think it's something uh, Stephen King. I've read a number of his books now, and I find that's something that he keeps repeating: is this sort of this found family, this this sort of group of disparate people banding together because there's yes. this monster they got to defeat. And in that, yeah, finding their family. Like, it's just never not satisfying to me. I just fucking love it every single time. I agree. I love that too. Like the broken people who are coming together yeah. and they kind of yes. like have to fix each other and make each other better. A ragtag team against a monster. Oh, fuck yeah. Always a ragtag team. Yeah. Yeah. I love, because, and I think that's the thing is that your heroes in horror films are usually outsiders because they're more susceptible to seeing the things. That sure. Are the, you know, yeah. the cheerleader dies first. Mm. The the weird kid is the one who, you know, survived. Like that kind of yeah, yeah. plot point. But I think that's the nice thing is friendship overcomes trauma, mm. right? Is that kind of the- Yeah, that's yeah, nice. you know, yeah, that, yeah, love it. Beautiful. That you, you create family or you create- Create friends and you use it to to defeat the thing mm. that you have to defeat. And I think, yeah, I feel like every Stephen King story ever <laughs> features ragtag people. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I'm I'm struggling to think. There's like maybe a few where it's one person, mm. but usually they're working with someone else at some yeah, point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it works so well. Like honestly, like even look at the Avengers versus the Justice League. They purposely in the movies try to make the Avengers ragtag, even though they're fucking gods and heroes. But they try to get that ragtag element in there so that we empathize with them, we like them when they do come together. It's so satisfying. Where They're fallible. They're fallible, exactly right. Whereas Justice League... They're not ragtag. They're just fucking gods walking amongst us. Like who? The, I don't care if they're buddies or not. Yep. We're the Avengers. I love it. You know. I think. I think that's it. I think yeah. If with horror, you've got to have people to give a shit about. Mm. So having an ensemble gives you more chances. Yeah. So I think if if like I think the theme of having like friendship or a group of strangers, I think even if you don't, can't relate to like the main ones, mm. there'll be someone like perfect example is something like it. Right or, yeah, or even Stranger yeah, Things, yeah. you might not be able to relate to the, every kid in that group, but there is one of those kids that you're like, oh, I, I've been that kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been that kid. Sure. And like even even the example of the book we were talking about, um, my best friend's exorcism, mm. it's about teenage girls. Now I don't know about you guys, I've never been a teenage girl. No. When I was a teenage boy, teenage girls, mysterious and scary. So yes, I couldn't ever relate to that, but. At the same time, you can relate to like other parts of the story, mm. and it's still you buy in and you're on board 100. Yeah, I think so it's I think- because friendship is universal. Yes, mm, mm. and being a teenager, which ties us back to Damo. Did you deliberately do this so that we were talking about the first point again? <laughs> uh, no, no, I definitely didn't. But I'm glad we got there. That's great. <laughs> um, well, my very last question on on themes and and for this episode is: Is there themes that that you like in other genres or other? types of film that you'd like to see more in horror and sort of like I guess that the the sort of themes that would maybe even subvert horror in some ways I've always liked like one of my favourite tropes in movies and a lot of my favourite movies have this element in particular the idea that one tiny event Mm. involving one person has consequences to someone over there and the perfect example is something like Fargo or Burn After Reading where one dumb little thing like this guy dropping his CD of his divorce papers at a gym. <laughs> Five people die. Yeah, yeah. Or Fargo. One guy being like, I hate my wife right. and her dad. Yeah. I'm going to get money off him. And by doing that, all of it just, like, I really like, yeah, that one mistake or one decision that someone makes that just seems innocuous and they kind of fuck up and it's like, oh, whatever. Mm. And I think that is in horror. Like, Blair Witch Project, yep, one person makes one mistake, they kick over some rocks. Yeah, or yeah. even... 
as simple as like something like The Witch. They make one mistake, they end up in the middle of nowhere, and their baby gets kidnapped. Yeah. And then Black yeah. Phillips like, "Hey, come and join my party." Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I like the idea of people being unaware of the repercussions of their actions, yes. and then you as a reader or as a watcher of this omnipotent kind of story power view that you have, mm. you can see all of the dominoes yeah, falling that's over great, before that's great. they've even connected yet. Yeah. I like that kind yeah, of Yeah, because like for horror, it's always like directly related to the person. Yeah. They've kicked over the stones or they were a bad person, so they had this coming or what have you. Like it, there's this direct connection. But I do love the idea that someone's come up kicked the stones over and fucked over five other people and they've got off and been yeah. fine. Mm. And they're fine. Yeah. Like, in a way, it's it's kind of what, like, Army of the Dead almost does. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. That's a, Army, Army of the Dead's a good point because that's probably what I want to see more is just, like, a genres colliding with horror. Mm, mm. Um, or even, like, I, I always come back to The Descent because I just love that you take the monster out of it and you've still got a film. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I really... I want to see more of in horror. Mm. And I know that a lot of that does exist, but it's, yeah. Horror doesn't need to be so high concept, I think. I think it can be more these sort of interpersonal dramas mm. that just happen to then have a monster or a supernatural element surrounding it. Yeah. Like a bit of a clash of genre is great. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And even on that, like I was kind of thinking like, I love a movie or a story with a bit of whimsy, a bit of like sort of that that fantasy edge creeping into our life. And, like, they're definitely, like, Del Toro obviously has a lot of that side of things. And, like, I like the idea of taking whimsy and almost corrupting it. So, like, even, like, having, I don't know, like, your Pixie Dream Girl sort of thing and starting off in that kind of space and then slowly it becoming a horror, like, the, there being some sort of connection there. Yeah. Are you pitching a better version of the movie Ruby Sparks? Maybe. I haven't <laughs> seen it. Let's say yes. Um, but, yeah, like, having these sort of more whimsical, what are generally more positive sort of uh, affirming elements and then and even i love the idea of playing them as as that to begin with like keep them in the genre they're in and don't really let on that it's a horror until partway through stealth horror is good mm. let's see more themes of stealth horror where yeah. you're like okay 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 oh he's got swords for hands yeah. <laughs> i love that that's the first one you went to <laughs> yeah well, you've always got any more thoughts or comments on any of that? I feel very clever, boys. <laughs> really? No, not really. I feel very dumb. I feel very <laughs> stupid. But, but again, I think it's, I guess I want to be clear that I don't know stuff, but I'm learning stuff yes. and it's exciting and I love talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why we do a podcast because we like talking about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, like, it's literally like, hey, I watched this cool thing or I learned this new thing. I want to share it with yeah. my mates. Like, that's the beauty of it. So, yeah, I agree. Like, for these, these sorts of podcasts, we are by no means experts. In fact, quite the opposite. That's the whole point of this podcast. So, yeah, it's nice to sort of talk about these things that we're discovering, even if other people have kind of known them for decades. Yeah, it's both the scariest and the most exciting genre, I think. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Well, we're not going to finish on a better note than that. So... I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you're scared of listeners would like to send us any comments or give us your deep dive thoughts or even suggest some other topics for us to dive deep into, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Okay, okay. Oh, he's got swords for hands. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.